What is going on, everybody? Jamie Shaw here on the Absolute Basketball Podcast. Today's guest, we have Brandon Chambers, who come on to talk about how to grow your career in the coaching profession. Uh, it's a great talk, uh, very worthwhile for many young coaches to hear, even even uh, you know older coaches as well. There's some. Uh, this is pretty much life advice uh, that he gives. Very excited for you guys to listen to this and. Um, you know, please uh, feel free to, to comment and let us know what you liked about it. Also, please subscribe to the channel and rate us five stars um, on it. But without further ado, here is Brandon Chambers from Texas Southern University on how to grow your career in the business. Thank you guys very much. Cool. What's going on, everybody? Uh, Jamie Shaw here, uh, Absolute Basketball Coaches Corner. Uh, this is We do this every uh, – Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of every week, and I really appreciate you guys showing up and coming on. We're going to have some to continue to, to come on as, as, as this thing gets going, but I want to go ahead and get started. Uh, today, we have uh, Brandon Chambers, uh, assistant coach at Texas Southern University, to come in. Uh, very excited about his talk and his topic. I'm very excited about what he's uh, um, going to talk about. I've known Brandon for a few years now, and he's a young up-and-comer within the industry. Most recently, before Texas Southern, he was at Nevada uh, working with Coach Muss. Uh, kind of the operations there, getting everything done. Um, and he, from the, before that, he was at Paul the Sixth uh, on the high school side, and then some D three jobs and everything coming through. Attended VCU. Uh, he's got a great story and a great background. And as I said before, he's a uh, got a great reputation within the industry, a hard worker and uh, up and comer for sure. So very excited about you guys tuning in. Uh, he's going to present, and then after the fact, he's going to have a question and answer to open up to anything that y'all have uh, to say. We're going to let y'all monitor that by yourselves, uh, just hitting the unmute button and, and talking to yourself and all that kind of stuff. So y'all have been good with that. But without further ado, Brandon, if you want to go ahead and take it away. Cool. Thanks, man. Let me uh, get dialed up here. Can you guys see my screen? Just want to make sure I'm. Yes. Perfect. And. Yes. and uh, just for the purpose of this presentation, Jamie, do I have anyone on the back side of me? Uh, no, just you. This is all you. And you can go as long as you want to, as long as it's still uh, still, still striving forward. So, Cool. Yeah, and, and if anyone has a question, please do not hesitate to reach out um, uh, either after this presentation or, or as I'm talking. My biggest thing is, and, and I've talked about this a few times, is I told myself when I was a student manager, and getting into the basketball world, I saw the struggles that I had. And I said, hey, if I can ever give back and, and help uh, influence people through their career, I absolutely will. Uh, so I always give my number out. I always give my email out and just I'm, I'm an open book. Um, you know, I, there's a metaphor that I like to use. Uh, it was popularized by Isaac Newton. And uh, it's standing on the shoulders of giants. And what that means is essentially help. There's people that help you along the way that get you to where you want to go. And uh, I can't say enough great things about the people, the relationships that I've had in, in my career and people that have helped me get to where I want to get to. Uh, and, and so I always said to myself, if I'm ever in an opportunity to help people, I absolutely will. You know, get, like I said, I'm an open book. My phone is always on. Um, so please don't don't ever hesitate to reach out, even if it's a piece of advice that I can give. Uh, you know, maybe it's a career decision, or uh, you know, could be, hey, should I work for an AAU team? Should I work camps, clinics? What are the benefits? That kind of deal. And uh, and real quick too, you guys are, are I, you know, I respect the hell out of you guys just for being here and continuing to learn and develop. 
obviously we're in uneasy and unchartered territory with the coronavirus. And uh, I appreciate Jamie asking me to come on and anything that I can provide any value uh, during this time to get us off the, the uh, situation that's going on. I absolutely will. Um, so I appreciate you, Jamie. Jamie and I met, shoot, about 10 years ago. And uh, I think he's one of the best in the business. I think if there's a player in that region, in uh, the North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, or, I mean, you name it, in that, that region, shit, he probably even goes national now. I mean, I, I just, watching from afar, getting a, a chance to, to know him when I was living in Virginia and recruiting as a Division three coach, he does things at a at a elite level and a high class level. So, the fact that you guys are tied in here as well is is also an indicator of, you know, you guys being good people and and trying to do things the right way and learn and grow and develop. And, and I can't say enough about that either. Uh, I would encourage you to keep that mindset throughout your career, and continue to try to jump on with guys like Jamie or you know get involved in camps, uh, whatever it might be, because. Jamie's obviously been doing it for a number of years and he knows people and those people could potentially help you throughout your career. And, uh, and I'll kind of get into that stuff as we move forward. But just to outline about me, I started as a student assistant and I tell everyone I got really lucky. I hit the lottery multiple times in my career. It seems crazy to say that because I don't believe in luck, but I mean, I, I was a student manager for two years for Shaka Smart. He had just gotten hired and we went to a final four my senior year. Now I was probably the worst student manager in the history of college basketball. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even know what basketball was at that point. I mean, I was an avid basketball fan. I played it growing up, um, was really good friends with the players there, but uh, just, I mean, we went to a final four and I just, you know, was so naive and so uh, big headed. I just thought that's what you did every year. And um Graduated and then I learned the real lessons in life and uh, and obviously as as we all know the the jobs in college basketball are very finite there's three hundred and fifty three division one schools and you know out of those schools, how many of those are really good jobs and how many schools have full staffs you know have three assistant coaches, a director of basketball operations, a video coordinator so it's you know it's it's obviously a a tough industry and a tough business. Um, the first thing I tell people is, uh, when you go through this process, when you're cutting your teeth, it's a great time for you to really find yourself and develop. And, and if I were to give myself advice going back, I would probably say, I wish I would have enjoyed the process a little bit more because I was not young. And I think like most of us, we're all victims of it. We lose sight of what our, our real goal is at times. And we look at the big timers and we go to the final four and, or you're, you know, you're working with an AAU team and you get calls and, and uh, you know, I, I say this all the time, comparison is the thief of joy. And so if I was to give myself some advice, I would just enjoy the process a little bit more. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, a rough road for me at, at certain points, but I was able to meet guys like Jamie through the process and, and really get connected with some good people. And in uh, reflecting back on it, the 10 years, it flies by like that. I just wish I could have maybe reflected a little bit more during those time, uh, during those time periods and, um, you know, just kind of soaked it all in. Uh, so moving forward in my career, I was a division three coach for four years. I, I went to Misericordia University. Uh, that's where guys like Mike Rhodes jumped in and helped me. So I graduated and 
didn't really have a whole lot of options. I, again, I, I learned the harsh reality of college basketball and Mike Rhodes made a phone call to me of, uh, of, of a guy that, that knew him to a guy that knew him in his area, in his region. And, uh, in, if you guys don't know Mike, Mike is from the Mahanoy area in Pennsylvania. It's called Cole Region. He's a legend from there. Uh, he played Division Three basketball. He was a player of the year in Division Three. Um, and so being that there's a Division Three school in that region, uh, everyone knows Mike. And so he made a, a call to me or for me to someone that knew him. And I was able to get a D3 assistant spot. And it was a... a, a a world uh, awakening experience and epiphany. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. And uh, the great part of that was I was thrown into the fire and I had to do so many things. I don't know if there's any division three coaches in here uh, or high school coaches or what the crowd is, but it was uh, a unique experience because you, at that level, you not only coach, but you're responsible for player development. You're responsible for recruiting getting the laundry done, making sure the court is swept and all the water's put up. And then you have to do your academics, obviously. When you're on the road, you have food, you have travel, you have logistics. So you have to wear so many different hats. And, and again, you're not getting paid much, but it was great for me and my development. And again, I wish I could just kind of go back and reflect. And I thought, you know, just going just through the process, I, I just want to uh, I wish I could have reflected back during those times and just appreciated the grind. Um, so I spent four years there, uh, or two years at Misericordia, two years at Marymount University. I was with Trevor Woodruff at Misericordia, who's now the head women's basketball coach at Bucknell. At Marymount, I was with Chris Rogers. Uh, after four years, it just got to a point where I knew I had to make a decision. Uh, during those four years, I was also coaching AAU. That's actually kind of how I met Jamie. Uh, he was an evaluator running camps, uh, setting up stuff in his area. And I uh, kind of just started on the side, just evaluating and doing some stuff. You know, when I wasn't working AAU camps uh, or AAU uh, circuits, uh, when I wasn't doing camps, when I wasn't, uh, you know, running around, I, I kind of just go to tournaments and, and see who was out there. And uh, I met a guy like Jamie. So uh, I was doing a lot and I just knew I, I needed to make a decision. So I went to Paul the Six High School and worked for a guy named Glenn Ferrello. And if any of you guys know Ferrello, you know he, he's a good coach, but an even better person. Uh, that's probably why he's been so successful. Um, I actually joke, he's a guy that's, I think, won over 70% of his games at Paul the Six, and I, we were 20 and 14 when I was there. And uh, so I, I joke with him all the time that I actually hurt his winning percentage. Uh, he just, unbelievable coach, but even better person. and and the the reason why he's won so much is because he's a good person. He we had eleven Division One players in that team, and we finished sixth in our conference, which just goes to show you the the level of talent in that league. Uh, we had a McDonald's All American, but none of that is possible without uh, the person that Farello is. People are just attracted to him; they want to help him. Players want to play for him. Um, so, I, if you don't know him, I'd encourage you to reach out because he's he's also an open book and and helping people move forward in their career and. To be honest, a lot of what I know and do, I took from my mentors like Shaka, Trevor, Chris, but a lot of it kind of formulated with Glenn. You know, his main mantra was share the game. And I took that with me throughout my career. Uh, 
you know, he, he just, he, he gave me that confidence and structure that I needed uh, when I was very young, 24, 25 years old. Uh, and I can remember when he used to tell me, share the game, I started a website and uh, started a weekly email and I would blast it out to every division one, two, and three in the country. And it really was based off that mantra, just sharing a quote, sharing a play, whatever I could do to provide value for people. And I'll get into that point too, the providing value uh, later on. But that was my main point was just share the game. The game of basketball is such a, it's such a, a cool deal in the totality of everything. It's such a unique game. It's uh, obviously we're all passionate about it. We all have our reasons why we coach or reasons why we do what we do. Um, and that all formed, uh, all came together with Coach Ferrello. And by doing that, by sending out that weekly email, by trying to share the game, I actually started communicating uh, every week with Eric Musselman at Nevada. And again, I was very young and naive. I didn't really know who Eric Musselman was. I knew he was a head coach of an NBA team. I didn't know he was a head coach of two NBA teams. And um, again, this is Nevada that his first year taking over for uh, David Carter. It's not the Nevada that everyone probably knows today, but uh, you know, halfway through the year, I just worked up the courage to ask him, coach, Hey, if you ever have a volunteer position on your staff or paid position, I'd love to take you up on it. And uh, he hit me back right away and said, Hey, we might have some, some turnover. You never know what happens in our business. Uh, keep in touch. And uh, about a, a month before the final four, he said that they were going to have some, some turnover and said, Hey, we, we'd like to hire you. Next thing I know, day after the final four, I'm in a car driving out to Reno, Nevada, a state I'd never been to in a city. I'd never even, I couldn't point out on a map. Most of my friends in the three years that I lived there, they thought Reno was right next to Vegas and it's actually opposite sides of the state. And uh, so, I, I mean, I was in a car for 40 hours and, scared out of my mind, but coach Ferrello again, you know, was big time for me. When I told him about the opportunity, he was great for me because he gave me that confidence. He just told me, he said, Hey, you got to take the job. And if it doesn't work out, you always have a, a spot here. And, uh, and I'll talk about that point as well later on, just having a head coach that believes in you and really wants to help you in your development. Um, you know, there's certain guys I know that, that they almost want to hoard talent. You know, if you're a great assistant coach or you're great at your job, they want to keep you there uh, because we are in a wins and losses business. And Ferrello was the opposite. He took pride in his coaching tree. He took pride in the guys that he was able to help out and move on. Um, and so I, I just would encourage you guys, and I'll get more into that later on, but I just would encourage you guys to really try to find your champion, try to find someone you believe in and, and a person that uh, will, can, can help you get to where you want to get to. Uh, but also not only help you, but does help you. Um, I think we all know coaches that, you know, it's, you know, like I worked for a guy like Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart has, I think, six or seven guys in Division One that are Division One head coaches. And I know he takes a lot of pride in that. And all those guys that have worked for him, he's helped groom to those positions. Um, and that's a lot more than a lot of other coaches. And so I would just encourage you guys to 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 find your champion and find head coaches that uh, believe in you and want to help you grow and develop. Uh, after a year at Nevada, I, I got moved up to director of basketball operations. Uh, I was in that spot for two more years. During the summers of my first year and second year and third year, I was elevated to an assistant coach. And it was a good time for me because I got to show what I could do. And we were fortunate. There were some guys on the team that 
I had either played uh, or I had either coached or had relationships with, and uh, I was able to prove my worth there. And uh, another point I'll get into later on in this presentation is you never know who is watching. And so during those times when I was elevated and I was able to show the things I was, I was able to do, you know, like having relationships with guys like Jamie and uh, Ty White, who runs Team Loaded in North Carolina, uh, getting the Martin Twins, um, having a relationship with uh, Coach Honoree at Potomac High School, which is, I mean, I could probably see the high school from my house in Northern Virginia and getting a guy like Trey Porter, uh, signing a kid like Vincent Lee, who played for me at Paul the Six and with Team Takeover. Corey Henson played at DeMatha High School, uh, uh, played in the league that I coached in at Paul the Six, having a relationship with him and Mike Jones. Um, so again, you never know who is watching and you never know how those relationships will pay off. And I'll get into that as well. Specifically, as I was doing that, uh, coach Johnny Jones was one of our assistants, uh, my second year at Nevada. And, uh, he and I developed a great relationship. He's a mentor of mine, uh, someone I rely on, not just about basketball, but about life. And he taught me so much, uh, on and off the court. He was someone I could go to. And, and I, and I told him, I said, from day one, I just, wanted him to be transparent and honest. Obviously he's coached longer than I've been alive. And I wanted him to call me out if he saw anything that needed to be adjusted and, and changed, but also, uh, you know, let me know if I'm doing something right. And, you know, and that, that transparency, that, 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 you know, that having that synchronized uh, mentor mentee relationship was great for me. And, and, and it paid off because uh, when Coach Musselman got the job at Arkansas, he offered to to take me with him. And, you know, for me, I wanted to be an assistant coach. And, you know, so he went to Arkansas and, and I decided to try to look elsewhere, you know, because I just knew if I go with him, I'm probably not going to be an assistant. You know, it's in the SEC. Obviously, the money's pretty good, but I just knew for my development, I need I, I probably needed to, to spread my wings and, and branch out and, and try to be an assistant. And I got really fortunate and lucky with uh, jumping on with a guy like like Johnny Jones. Just some some pointers and things that if if I can help any of you guys with anything, just the three things I would probably tell you to to do. Uh, if you take anything from this presentation, most people that call me, I, I I I basically echo these three things. It's just stuff that I've learned through this process. How you do anything is how you do everything, and I I really believe that. You know, and, and when I was a division three coach, I thought that, you know, doing the laundry was the difference between winning a championship, uh, making sure the court was ready to go for practice was the difference of winning a championship. Um, it could be the difference of getting a job. And so I would encourage all of you. I understand we're all victims of human nature in a lot of ways. And, and by that, what I mean is again, you look at the outside, right? You see all these big timers, you know, you're not making money, you're working four jobs. Just focus on what you can control. Um, because what you don't want to happen is you don't want that to fester into your character, your day-to-day uh, -day attitude. And now all of a sudden, now you do have opportunities, but people are calling and, and, and asking for references. And now you're the disgruntled employee. Uh, so just focus on what you can control. And then the other thing too is, Bloom where you're planted. And I, I stole that from Dabo Sweeney. His whole thing was, 
opportunity, whether you're a player or a coach, you're given certain responsibilities or a title, but that doesn't mean you can't bloom, you know? And so for me, I was a division three assistant coach at Misericordia University. I used to tell recruits that we were in Dallas and I wouldn't tell them to like the third or fourth conversation that it was Dallas, Pennsylvania, not Dallas, Texas, just because, you know, <laughs> you ain't getting a kid to Dallas, Texas, uh, unless, uh, I mean, you ain't getting a kid to Dallas, Texas, that's the, the truth. Uh, so, you know, I, but it was great for me. It, honestly, I, it, most of my development comes from those years of cutting my teeth and, and the years in Dallas, uh, the years working for Trevor, the, the years of, you know, handling Subway san sandwiches on the road and, and uh, recruiting 250 kids to start the year. Uh, I learned so much during that time that has allowed me to be successful down the road. And so just bloom where you're planted. Don't take your job for granted, you know, and they, the coaching cliche is the most important job is the one that you have. And I can't stress that enough. It's, it's something I really believe in and it's helped me throughout my career. So it's not just coaches speak, it's actual advice. Uh, and, and, and just take that, don't take it for granted, take that for, uh, what it's worth and, and try to continue to grow. Um, and then also relationships, relationships start with real. And, and I'm sure Jamie is, and we can kind of chat about this in the Q and a, but Jamie, you, you know, so many people, and I can't even imagine just, you know, just with your camps and clinics, the, the amount of people that you talk to on a day to day or communicate with players, and you probably have coaches all over the country that, that call and, and text you and you haven't heard from them in two years, you know, and, and I would just say for all of you, be genuine, you know, like, and I'm victim of it too. So I'm not, you know, standing on a soapbox and, and preaching here. I, I'm victim of it too, but we all send out those happy Thanksgiving texts or happy birthday texts and you haven't talked to the coach in forever. Be genuine. and when I say be genuine, the, I talked to, I think he's actually on this call too. Uh, I talked to a guy today, earlier today, and just said, try to provide value to somebody else before you ask for something, you know, and, and what, what does providing value mean? Well, every relationship is different. You know, it might be a head coach. It might be an assistant, you know, learn different traits. Maybe you can do a recruiting graphic or, or uh, a recruiting video uh, to help out a, a program, especially in a time like this, there's just no, there's no really jobs that are opening and, and the coaching carousel is not happening. So you have to try to find ways to creative ways to provide value for people, send articles out, um, send plays out. Hey coach, I, I saw you guys run four flat baseline out of bounds. I saw this uh, team ran this, you know, they're ranked in the top 10 in the country in points per possession. Just thought, you know, I'd share it with you. I hope you, hope you enjoy it. Um, and then also have some humility and grace in that too. Know that as a division one coach, there's a lot of different things pulling at you. You know, you're in, in charge of your player group or players, player development, making sure you're in touch with those guys, academic. Uh, it, there's a hundred things in, in that, in that realm right there. Uh, recruiting. I can't tell you how many phone calls I try to make every night just to, just to stay on top of recruiting to recruits, parents, evaluators, uh, you name it. Um, and then, and then just your personal life. So 
have some humility and grace too. You, I'm the same, I'm the same guy that sent out thousands of letters before and had two guys respond, um, or had the generic typed up with a, uh, coach's signature that was stamped on or, uh, printed on, you know? So again, I didn't kill those guys cause I get it, you know, guys are busy and, and may not be able to get back and, you know, stuff happens. So just have some humility and grace and know that, Hey, I might send out these text messages and, but I can't beat myself up or I can't hold anything against these coaches and, uh, and just try to grow from there. And you'll, you'll know which ones are real, which ones will, will develop. And as long as you're doing it the right way, as long as you're not asking for things, just provide value things, it'll grow. And that trust, I mentioned that in that, in that bullet point, that trust will continue to grow and continue, continue to develop into a foundation. And, and it's been very, very beneficial for me in my career um, where, for example, like with the Martin twins, uh, you know, I actually coached with a team called East coast fusion that, that actually merged with team loaded. So I had some relationship with them, but, just having a guy like Jamie, Hey, Jamie, can, you know, do you have any clue what the twins are doing? Or, Hey, uh, do you have their mom's number? Or, Hey, do you have just having that information because of a relationship I built with Jamie 10 years ago? Um, and again, it wasn't fraudulent. It was, it was real. And, and there was uh, a foundation to it. You know, I, I wasn't right off the bat asking him for stuff. I probably bother him now more about asking him for stuff. Um, but that's also credit to how good he's gotten. But um, it was a it was a real relationship. And again, I, I can go on on and on about stories and people that I've met and how they've helped me throughout my career, just based on relationships. Um, and then the last thing, never stop learning. And I told uh, again, I think he's on this call, but I told a guy earlier today, never stop learning. You can never have too many skills. Learn graphic design, learn video making, uh, learn how to use sports code, learn how to use synergy. I mean, I joke all the time, but you can literally learn anything from a seven-year-old kid on YouTube nowadays, anything. It's amazing. Um, if you just go to YouTube and type in how to use Photoshop, you're going to have literally a seven-year-old teaching you how to use the program. Um, I remember when I got to Nevada, uh, basically the entire staff was turned over and I was the only one there with Anthony Ruta uh, Hayes Myers and, and, uh, coach Moss. And so I had to learn Photoshop. And so I sat there basically pulled all nighters and learned Photoshop. I was extremely valuable from that point on, because from then on, anytime coach needed a graphic, when he sends thousands of graphics out every week, he would call me, Hey B, can you give me a graphic for this recruit? Hey B, can you, uh, pump this out on Twitter? Um, hey, B, do you mind, you know, our marketing department needs something done. Do you mind doing it? I was valuable and that paid off, uh, it paid dividends and, and, and the relationship then with my head coach grew. Um, so for, for anyone in here, please try to always be a lifelong learner. Try to always add to your toolbox, add to your repertoire, never turn down an opportunity to learn and grow and develop. And obviously, like I said earlier, you guys are all in here. And, uh, so you guys are obviously eager and, and interested in growing and learning. Um, and then one of my favorite quotes is the Mark Twain one, the man who does not read good books has no advantage over the man who can't read them. I'm an avid reader. I try to read every day for an hour. Um, I know some people read more, some people read less. Uh, some people say they don't have time for reading. You make time for the things that are important to you. 
Um, so, and if any of you guys need any, uh, any book advice or, or if you want something on coaching, something on leadership, I mean, I, I mean, I got a, a, I just went today and just bought atomic habits, you know, so, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I, I love reading. If you guys have any, any, uh, great articles, great books, please share them with me. Um, cause for me, I know f there's so much wisdom and knowledge, uh, built through our history of, of mankind through books that we just fail to, to take in. And, uh, it's actually a sad thing, uh, because we think that education stops when you finish your high school or finish college. And it doesn't, you know, you, you've got to be a lifelong learner. You have to take, uh, ownership of your wisdom and knowledge. And a lot of that is, is as easy as going and buying a $5 book off Amazon or going to target or, you know, whatever it might be and, and, and getting a book. And it can be as easy as going to the personal development section. You know, I know for me, uh, leadership is so intriguing. And obviously as I grow older, I want to learn and more know and, and know more about it. Um, so I go there and I, I just try to find different books that it could be in any Avenue business, something unrelated football, uh, track and field. Um, so you know, I just want to encourage all of you, uh, try to be avid readers. Um, and, and the other point to that too, is I'm also big into articles. I read the athletic every day, um, try to find different nuggets. Uh, I stole that from, from coach Musselman. He would leave the office every day and have a stack of papers. I'm ta you're talking about 150 to 200 pages every day. And he would read every, every morning on his elliptical for two hours. And he would s sit there and highlight, take notes. Uh, when he tweets stuff out, like that's legitimately stuff he's read. And he would come in in the morning, anything that said tweet, he would want her to tweet it out. Anything that said uh, Nevada Way, that was a booklet we put together. We put it in a booklet. Um, and you're talking about in over three years, you're talking about 2000 pages worth of coaching nuggets. And uh, the great thing of that too, and I would encourage all of you to do this is, is, is journal and keep notes. Um, anything you like, put in a a place that you can find it because for us, we would go back and we would look at that stuff and we would use those nuggets with our team. It could be a leadership thing. It could be a team chemistry thing. It could be a drill. It could be an activity and we would use it with our guys. Um, so I would encourage you guys all to do that and start that process now and, and just find a way to systemize it and, and make it work for you. Uh, and then also too, if you hear of anything, if you see things like, obviously you guys are in this clinic, um, hopefully I provide value, but I know there's, like Buzz Williams spoke this morning and I was taking notes on it. Um, actually, my brother's one of uh, Buzz's staff members at Texas A&M. He's sending me the video and I, I just, I wanted to go back through and watch it again. Um, it, always be a continuous learner. Try to acquire knowledge and information. And then kind of diving into the points just real quick, because uh, I do want to get to some Q&A and I think there's a lot of value there. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything. So again, the, the point of bloom where you're planted and you never know who's watching, master your role, know what your role is, know exactly what your job title is, what's important for your head coach and, and how uh, does that help you in the program? I tell people all the time, the easiest way to move up is on your own staff. And, uh, you know, again, the, the funny thing with everything is, 
we're all, I'm a, I'm a victim of this too. We're all a victim of human nature, but you always look for that next step. I think as people, we naturally look towards that next step, but we forget that that next step is going to call our current step, right? So we forget at times that you have to do the best job that, that you can with where you're at. Um, so bloom where you're planted, know your role, know your title, always grow. Uh, and, and do things in an elite way because you just never know who is watching. And I'll, I have some stories for you guys, but uh, just some some key pointers on that. Again, I'm a big quotes guy. Show me a man who cannot bother, be bothered with the little things, and I'll show you a man who cannot be trusted to do the big things. And again, as you start to do those little things and you're doing them elite ways and, and you're getting better and maybe you're being innovative, maybe it's, you know, hey, coach, hey, I, I saw we're doing this. What do you think about doing it this way? And you start to master your roles, right? Well, now you start getting more and more responsibility. Um, it might be, it might grow from being a GA and you're in charge of sending the mail outs. Well, now it's you're in charge of doing the graphics and sending the mail outs. Now it's, you're in charge of the recruiting database. Now you're in charge of making sure you're corresponding with guys like Jamie Shaw, um, AAU coaches in the area, Ty White, uh, the team takeover guys in, in DC, and Boo Williams, and you're now you're corresponding with those people and just keeping them posted on how their guys are doing or uh, what camps you might have coming up, um, and that grows. You know, the more that you gain trust of their, your current staff. Um, and that can go also to the outside world. You know, if you're a player development guy, you know, and that reputation, it will start to grow. And people will say, man, that guy does a really good job training players. We've got some guys that need some, some extra work. Let's send them over his way. And then your reputation grows and, and people start to notice you. So don't, don't ever take that for advantage. Don't ever take that uh, for granted. Um, that could be a powerful competitive advantage for yourself in your career. Um, and I can't stress that enough because I, I had to learn the hard way. I was a victim of myself. Um, and, uh, and, and when I left ECU, I, I, you know, I'm coming off a of final four, you know, and I just lost sight of a lot of things and, and, you know, that respect and that reputation is earned. It's not given. And, uh, I had to go back to the basics and that's something that I really hung my hat on. Uh, and then just some, some personal stories. I told you guys about some of the recruiting stuff that, that uh, I was fortunate with at Nevada. Um, I have a kid here at Texas Southern that, that, uh, that I had met through the transfer process. He was leaving Miami of Ohio. His name's Mike Weathers. He averaged 17 and a half points per game as a freshman at Miami of Ohio. Uh, was leaving with his twin twin brother, Marcus Weathers, who's at Duquesne. Uh, we tried to get him at Nevada. It didn't work out. Well, because I coached five years of AAU, I'm a firm believer that not every kid is right for every school and not every school is right for every kid. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is it, it's not always going to work out. And, and kids will, they have a hundred people on their ears. Most of the times it's the wrong people. And, uh, I think relationships matter. I really do, especially in recruiting. And I tell people from, from day one, I may not get you, but my relationship doesn't start or end with whether or not you come and play for me. I want to, I want, I want to coach, coach you. I want to trust me. No one wants you here at this school more than me, but if this is not the right place for you, I'm not going to beg you to be here. And, and, you know, you also don't want to burn that bridge. Um, and so, you know, when I said that, uh, you know, not every school is right for every kid. Not every kid's right for every school. Don't 
don't ever, uh, you know, forget that because you also might not be at that school very long. So Mike Weathers goes to Oklahoma State, uh, gets in a little bit of a trouble. He's averaging, I think, 10 points a game through half the year and uh, had some other suitors, but uh, decided to come and be a walk-on here for us for a year. And uh, I thought that was a testament to the relationship that I had obviously built. And then Coach Jones got involved in the recruiting process and he was able to show the family and show uh, Mike that we had a vision for his success. And he's a tremendous player. Uh, and again, I can't, I can't stress that enough. That all started because from day one, I was uh, very, very cognizant of the fact that uh, my relationship with him was going to matter and it wasn't going to stop just because he decided to go to Oklahoma State. Um, and shoot, if he didn't get in trouble, I'd still be the biggest fan of his uh, at Oklahoma State. Uh, I think we get caught up in, in coaching because we're in such a wins and losses business that it's all about players and we lose sight of that at times. Um, players transfer for a variety of reasons, variety of reasons. Um, I coached AAU for five years. I've had players transfer, but I think a lot of times too, coaches are not transparent. They're used car salesmen. They don't do their research on the front end. Uh, they sell things that are not tangible uh, or make sense. There's kind of foundationless. And that's obviously, a, 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 it's not everybody that's probably uh, too much stereotyping, but I've, I've seen it firsthand. So, you know, it, it sticks out to me and it, it just always hit me just the realness of relationships and, and how truthful you should be because that trust will come and bite you in the ass if, if you don't have it. And uh, it's always benefited me. I, again, I had to kind of grow and develop through, you know, my own uh, vices uh, when I was younger and just being youthful and naive and young. But um, again, it's something I held my hat on and, and I, uh, I feel like it's benefited me through, through my career. So how I got hired here, so who's watching? Um, there was a kid we had on an official visit. And during the official visits, again, I would encourage all of you to just increase your skill set. Put more tools in the toolbox. Do graphics, do video. Uh, if coach needs a project done, boom, I'm on it. Uh, do it at an elite level because you get more and more responsibility. And when I was at Nevada, I think Coach Musselman recognized that. I was obviously, because of my role as ops, I was in charge of making sure all of the hotel, the flights and all that was set up. And I would organize the visits, making sure times I'd get with coach, hey, what do you think about this? He would you know, change things that he saw necessary to change. And But by doing that, I also spent a lot of time with the recruit on the visit and uh, just making sure everything was going smooth. And uh, I felt like, because of my division three roots, having to really develop relationships, I was able to do that in a very quick manner, especially on an official visit. Well, there was a specific time where uh, I was at a football game with a recruit and it might've been, I don't know, a hundred degrees out with sun. And uh, I sat there and talked to mom and dad and I wasn't doing this for any other reason, just because I, I really enjoy what I do. Uh, but I talked to mom and dad for, probably an hour, hour and a half, and just kind of listen to them, just let them talk and, and, and kind of tell their story. And uh, I had no idea Johnny Jones was watching me. You know, I couldn't, I just had no idea. I was just sitting there talking to the parents and developing a relationship. 
and uh, still a relationship I have to this day, which is, is uh, the irony of this conversation is, you know, they still, parents still text me uh, pretty frequently, just checking in with me and, and, you know, talking to me about their youngest son. And um, well, fast forward to my interview here, I flew down here and coach Jones picked me up and he said to me, he said, Hey, you know why I hired you, right? Or why I want to hire you, right? And I said, Coach, I honestly, I have no idea because I did a great job at Nevada. And he said, No, because I saw you sitting out in the sun with that kid and his family, and you talked to him for an hour and a half. And I saw how good you were with, with, with the family. And I just, I'll never forget that. Uh, it, it makes uh, so much uh, sense to me now, but. I mean, I could have easily blown him off, gone and, and sat in the shade and, uh, you know, gone back to the office. I wasn't required to be there, um, but it could have impacted my ability to get this job. So two years later, three years later, it's paid off. Uh, the other thing, too, and this was a piece of advice that Coach Shaka Smart gave me when I first started coaching Division Three. I was really struggling. Uh, and this is kind of where that transformation during that time period, uh, it was my first year at Misericordia. I was really struggling with, with recruiting. And, um, I mean, people nowadays tell me it's like, you know, uh, you know, I can talk to a wall, but I, it wasn't that I was necessarily afraid to talk to kids or parents or anything. Uh, but I was struggling because I was thinking more transactional and not transformational. And I think that's also where I lost, uh, some of the, what I really am too. I'm a relationship guy to heart, but um, I think a lot of coaches, unfortunately, in our industry are transactional coaches. So I called Coach Smart and just said, hey coach, I'm having a really hard time getting kids on campus and, and coach could not have been better. Uh, he just said, hey B, don't worry about getting the kid. Just worry about building a relationship. And I thought that was the most impactful thing for me. Um, I don't necessarily try to be their best friend, uh, but I also do try to uh, build the strongest relationship of trust and honesty and, and get to know them as human beings. Um, and then if for whatever reason, and it could just be I got better at my job, but coach gave me that advice and, and the rest is history. I was able to obviously have a lot of success and, and get involved with a lot of things, but I applied that to every every uh facet of my life uh the relationship piece is 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 integral to our business and if you really want to be successful here you have to build relationships you have to there's no other way to do it there's no shortcut there's no secret sauce you have to build relationships and then just some of the stuff uh kind of getting into relationships you know, we live in a different world. It's even more different. You know, Jamie, when Jamie first started and I first started years ago, this thing has just totally, the dynamics have, have shifted. Um, you know, prior to my time, kind of at the end of that period and kind of into where, when I first started, coaches used to work five-star camp, used to work hoop group and any level could, could work those events. Um, AAU coaches were actually more valued then because they didn't have the IAWP rule. If any don't know what the IAWP rule is, basically it's an individual associated with the prospect. Um, it came out around like the 2010, 2011 uh, year, uh, just because guys were getting hired because of players and getting paid an, astron an astronomical amount of money. Um, but, but 
few years prior to that, there was a camp game. Um, and that's how you got your way in the business. You would work camps, coaches would see you, or you'd get invited to work at camp, five-star guys or hoop group guys, they would vouch for you. And that's still a great way to meet a lot of people. Uh, but the division one coaches used to work it too, because that would be a great opportunity for them to develop relationships with kids. And, uh, but it's changed the, the world has changed. It's the technology has, has advanced, uh, tenfold. Um, and there's other ways to build real relationships. Uh, so the first thing I would say is just everything that you do, go back to that foundational piece of trust and, and, and whatever you do, however you cultivate your bonds, you know, whether it's, I'll start with Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you know, on social media. Whatever you do, uh, just make sure you always have that foundational piece of trust and you're, you're trying to be real with people. Um, again, provide value if you can. Uh, I can't, I, I mean, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, I, I was posting for my website and I met thousands of coaches, thousands of coaches through my website and my email blast out from years ago. And uh, the one thing I just tried to do was just provide value quote of the day, uh, uh, or quote of the week, uh, a book maybe I read or an article that I thought was unique or shared uh, some significance with what people were going through or maybe evaluation, recruiting, whatever it might be. Uh, my Instagram stuff, I, I, I try to make sure I connect with people on there. Uh, obviously on Facebook, that's kind of outdated now. Um, the other thing too is your branding on those platforms with recruits, with your colleagues. Uh, again, that's a real way, times have changed. That's a real way to, I know it sounds very, uh, you know, it's obviously through a, a, a social media platform, but it's it's actually tangible and real. It's, it's not far-fetched, you know? I mean, shoot, uh, I'm engaged, but I mean, nowadays people just swipe left for relationships. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. And at first it was so wild, but now it's like, if you're not doing it, you're weird, you know, and, and it's taking the human uh, element out of it and having a conversation and looking someone in the eyes, but uh, it's just part of life now, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not saying you have to be on Twitter. I'm not saying uh, you have to have these social media platforms. I'm just saying it's a great way to increase your exposure, increase your brand and, and network and connect with people. Um, and then the pro professional development, obviously, you know, with the final four being canceled, that changed uh, a lot of people's uh, plans and, and, you know, their ability to network or n meet people uh, because of different groups, you know, that they may be going to, or, um, you know, different socials or career development, professional development opportunities they may have been invited to. I would just tell you, get involved with everything, everything that you can possibly get involved in, because you just never know what relationships could possibly pay off. Um, and when you are at these places, take notes, really, really take notes, uh, make a list of coaches you meet, follow up. I read an article uh, recently, actually, I've actually been doing a, a study on network social sciences and the article said that 99% uh, of people don't have an issue with going to these networking events or clinics or professional development, whatever it might be, joining associations, but 99% of people never follow up make sure you follow up, you know, it's, it's, it's the easiest thing to do, you know, and, and we just all fail to do it. Um, 
and then follow up your follow-up, you know, continue to build that relationship. I have documents full of, I mean, I probably go overboard. I'm people would describe me as obsessive compulsive with, I try to be detailed and organized to probably a fault. Uh, but I think that the, the organization will hopefully alleviate a lot of stress down the road, but I try to, you know, make sure I, I have my, you know, 50 people I want to touch base with every month, no matter what my mentors, people I respect in the business. And I have a checklist for that. And, uh, obviously, you know, the closer you are with people, you know, they'll be reaching out to you as well. So there's a natural conversation uh, that would happen, but follow up with those people and start to build that foundation. Again, they may never respond, but you just never know. Uh, and, and the other thing on here I, I didn't write was, uh, or didn't type up and I'm, I'm kind of beat myself up over it. Uh, cause I, I found a lot of value is write letters. Uh, we've lost this value of writing letters. I mean, back in the day, that was the thing to do, but you know, I'll tell you about a relationship I just built was three years ago. I was listening to a podcast on coaching you. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. A lot of times it's when I'm driving in to work in the morning. Um, and so I was driving into work at university of Nevada and at about a 35 minute drive. So I'm listening to a podcast and I turned this one on and I don't know this guy at all. I couldn't tell you even where the school was. And, uh, I just, I was blown away. I was like, man, this guy's, he's elite. Like this, his thought process is, is elite and, uh, found out he was a big reader. So I wrote him a note and sure enough, about a week later, he texted me. We stayed in touch. Uh, Hey coach, what are you reading? You know, I just read this book. Hope all's well. And, and there's, Absolutely times where I wouldn't get a response back. Uh, but I get it. He's a head coach. He's doing his thing. I'm obviously doing my thing. There's times where I'm not great with my phone. So, I, you know, I wasn't going to beat myself up over it. But a couple of years goes by. I meet him at the Final Four, say hello to him. He was speaking at an event. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I do a, a Zoom webinar uh, and uh, just about leadership. And, and, and I had him on. And, and our relationship has flourished, obviously, over the years. Um, they actually called me. Uh, Last year, they had a spot open on their staff, but uh, just didn't work out because I'd already accepted this job and I was loyal to Coach Jones. And um, But two weeks ago, it, he's on this thing and he sends me the nicest text message afterwards. And he start, we get in this really genuine conversation a couple of weeks ago uh, about you know what, who I'm studying and what I'm reading. And uh, turns out it's Bob Ritchie and he's at Furman and obviously he's had a tremendous amount of success. And that would have never happened had I not written a letter. Uh, so don't lose value. Uh, don't, don't lose the value. Don't lose sight of a handwritten note. Uh, I actually would think that there's more value in that for me personally, maybe some coaches are, are different, uh, than a email, than a text message. Uh, because I know that you took the time to write the note. You took the time to put the address on to obviously, you know, whether it's put it in a postage deal or, um, and then find value. like. A handwritten note, most of the time, just from my experience, ain't going to work. Uh, I wish I would have brought them home. I don't think I did, but I try to every, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll pull it up on my computer. Can you guys see this? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Okay, so this, so this is uh, every every time I read a book, this is a great way for you guys to 
meet and network with people. Every time I read a book, I have no idea if this is going to look. Here, let me try to pop it up over here. Perfect. I highlight. I'm just like everyone else. I, I take notes. I, you know, I, I try to, uh, you know, learn from every, every book. Um, well, I, I print this out and I laminate it and I send it in my letter to whoever. Uh, it's a great way for, you know, especially as you guys are probably avid readers. Uh, it's a great way to meet people. You know, it's, hey, coach, just read this book. Heard you were a, a reader. Uh, hope you like it. You know, take care. You know, maybe include a, a note about uh, your team or, you know, their team. Hey, also got the chance to see you play. Loved, uh, you know, what you guys did sideline out late game or, Loved uh, the, the substitution that you made and the, the personnel lineup change that you made. And, uh, you know, just include a personal. So you took time and you took, uh, you know, you put some effort into it. Because um, I do think that stuff, there's a competitive advantage in your career. Uh, and again, I do that for every book. Um, I just finished Fred Factor, uh, which is a great book by Mark Sanborn. I'd, I'd recommend you guys read it. It's kind of a cheesy book. I mean, again, I have a, a book list of hundreds of books if you guys ever ever want a list. Um, I know I'm getting off topic here, but again, if you guys read a book, go, you know, take the notes and, and put it into a PDF and send it out, um, you know, and, and try to provide value. If you guys find an article, that's great. Don't just, don't just keep it for yourself. Pro provide value for other people. And, uh, Again, it's a great way. That's an easy thing to do where you just send a text message. You know, hey, coach, uh, just saw this. Thought it would be great for you guys. Um, you know, let me know if you ever need anything else or if you're ever in an area recruiting. Um, that's a great way to meet people. It's great. It's an it's a easy life hack to do uh, to meet people. And then the last thing is, is, is just never stop learning. The lifelong learner. Again, there's the quote from Mark Twain. I, I just, I can't stress it enough, guys. Add to your development. I'm still trying to add things to my development. I'm still trying to get better. I'm still trying to increase uh, my knowledge base and uh, continue to be irre irreplaceable. Um, whether it's you know now it's social media, now it's uh, you know doing special videos, watching coaching clinics, and you know, leaving, you know, giving my head coach notes, whatever it might be, there's a hundred ways you can continue to get better. Um, you know, I, again, if you continue that, I can't stress enough. If you continue that, that process of, of a lifelong learner, you're going to get to the place, the point in your career, in your job where you're irreplaceable. And, uh, for me at Nevada, I, if I would not have done that, I would not be where I am today. Uh, so I drove across the country this is the last, uh, slide and and uh and then we'll go into q a um so this is the last story too so i drove across the the country and it was a volunteer position i was fortunate when i was working at marymount i worked in the admissions office um and i was able to save some money up i did the math i thought i could make it work uh where i was living in reno and but i just also knew i had to make it work there's no if ands what's or buts at that point, I was, I think, 26, maybe 25, 26. Um, and just looking at hiring trends in the business, I just, I, I knew it was a pivotal point in my career 
and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I, I knew I was going to work hard and, and just give it everything I had. So packed in my car, left my fiance, left the, everyone I knew, team takeover. Uh, I was working with them in the off season, obviously being at Paul the Six, all of my network and connections and moved across the country to the West Coast. Um, lived in the office for basically two months, uh, developed my uh, repertoire, my skill set, continued to learn. Coach said, hey, we need someone to do graphics. I said, I can do graphics. Sat there all night, learned how to do it. Um, the next, you know, next week, hey, we need someone to do videos. Got your coach. Learned how to use iMovie, which is the most basic thing you can use videos for. Uh, then got into some of the Adobe, you know, uh, features and, and, and programs. Uh, just doing simple videos. And, uh, well, about a month and a half, two months in, coach pulls me in the office and says, hey, B, you've been doing a great job. We can't applaud you enough. I mean, uh, whenever we need something, you're on top of it, whether it's at five in the morning, 11 at night, um, we're going to start paying you. We're going to start paying you 500 bucks a month. And I, I mean, I thought I was hitting the lottery just because, uh, shit, I was eating ramen noodle soup, you know, peanut butter and jelly. I mean, you know, you, you guys know the deal. Obviously it's no secret and I'm not unique to anybody, but, uh, about a month passes and, and, uh, Coach calls me in his office again. He said, hey, B, I can't thank you enough. Uh, we, you know, we were just talking as a staff. You've continued to impress us. You've taken on, you know, the meeting of now alumni and boosters and donors under your belt. Uh, you know, everyone finds you irreplaceable. We're going to start. We, we talked to the AD. We're going to pay you, start paying you $1,000 a month. Um, and it got up to 1500 and, and they had to stop at 1500 because anything above that threshold, I'd have to get insurance. Um, so it just, it kind of continued to evolve. Well, in March of that year, we ended up winning our conference tournament and then going and playing Iowa State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we lost uh, to them, came back, and I was bankrupt. I had zero, I had zero dollars. And that's after a few months of actually getting paid. Uh, and coach called me in the office. I just kind of randomly just said, Hey B, uh, we're actually going to make some changes and, and we're going to move you up to director of basketball operations and, uh, full-time paid position. Um, and I cried like, I cried like a baby. I mean, it was, it was the dream come true that it's that opportunity that, that all panned out. But again, it wasn't that moment that made that moment happen. It wasn't that singular day, whatever, it was the days leading up to it. It was the months leading up to it. It was adding those things to my skill set. It was continuing to learn, grow, and develop, never turning down an opportunity to to get better and learn from somebody. Um, never, you know, every phone call, every text message, every uh, piece of advice that people gave me, I tried to to add that to my repertoire or or take it in. And um, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not, I'm not perfect at all. I, I'm probably a little too opinionated, pretty, pretty blunt with my opinions and, and, uh, can, uh, talk a little bit too much, but you know, it's, it's a part of a, a growing and, and learning process throughout my life. And, and hopefully I'll continue to develop and, and get better and opportunities will keep coming for me. And, uh, and they will. And, and again, I'm not focused on the opportunities down the road. I'm focused on just being the best assistant coach that I can be for coach, uh, Johnny Jones at, Texas Southern, because I know if I ever have another opportunity or if there ever does, you know, something does happen, uh, they're going to call coach Jones. That's going to be their first phone call. So, um, you know, it's, you, you want to be 
uh, have the foresight to be in tune with what success brings down the road and what qualities and you know where you need to come from but you also need to have uh the understanding uh great quote when i just think about talking about it is be where your feet are um you need to have that understanding like kevin eastman just you know going through my mind kevin eastman said on a podcast a few months ago uh the three most important days in the calendar are yesterday today and tomorrow and uh yesterday and tomorrow are great barometers for your success because yesterday what you did wasn't important and tomorrow what you do is not important it's about what's important today um you know phil jackson talked about in his uh everyone's watching the last dance you know a successful act the quote they used for their team the 93 team successful act you know success you're only a successful act the moment that you create something successful uh or that there is success and then you're no longer a successful act anymore and I'm not probably not quoting that correctly, but it was impactful for me because it's the truth. Like if I were to, to uh, get lazy or uh, lose that edge that I had or stop learning, stop growing, stop developing the successes, you know, after a sweet 16, after a final four, after breaking a school record for wins, uh, after re-breaking a school record, record for wins, after beating out D2 schools for a kid and having them go D3, if I would have rested at those points, uh, I would have never made it to where I'm at if I would have, you know, basked bask in my glory. Uh, I, I'd never be where I'm at. You have to take those things, love it, enjoy it, but then move on and continue to get better, and continue to develop, and uh, and and again have that foresight to know what's important down the road, but also really take take in the now and, and focus on your current job and, and doing the best job you can. Um, and, and with that. You know, this is the, the last slide, just some things that I think, you know, just ideas, stories, I think are important. And I can kind of go through these very quickly because I do want to uh, be able to answer any questions for you guys. So the Pound the Rock uh, story, it's a, it's a mantra. It's a short story about a, a stonecutter. And it's they, the nickname for it is the Stonecutter's Creed. If you look it up, the San Antonio Spurs have this sitting outside uh, their locker room or in their arena. Uh, their practice facility. And uh, essentially, you guys can read it on the screen as I'm describing it. It's about a stonecutter. It was, the story was written by Jacob Reese, is a uh, uh, Austrian, I think he's a social, uh, social economics slash politician. Uh, I could be wrong there, but um, he, he wrote about this. And the theory behind it is, or the, the idea behind it is that your stonecutter is hammering this rock, hammering this rock, hammering this rock, never knowing which which time he uses his hammer is going to split the rock and it could be the first it could be the hundredth uh but you also have to take in consideration the longer that you go the more tired that you get the more tired that the stone cutter the stone hammer uh get gets through the process and and obviously if it happens on the first try you know if you look at that in in a picture of your career those are guys get lucky those are guys that have last names those are guys that played high major basketball whatever it might be there's a hundred reasons why people have an easier path right uh, but on the hundredth blow uh, that's when that stone could break and the stone cutter he doesn't know if it's going to be before or after uh, that point or at what point it's going to be i just think it's a, a really cool story i actually 
uh, heard another one from a buddy of mine, a mentor of mine uh, who was on staff at Furman, Tim Johnson. Uh, and he said, uh, Bob Ritchie talks about it all the time about the bamboo story. Uh, bamboo basically grows underground for, I think it's like 60 years before you can see anything. Um, and while it's growing, it plants its roots. And bamboo, if you if you guys can look it up, the bamboo story, but it's uh, it's known to be stronger than, it, it's the one thing that during an earthquake won't snap and break. Uh, so during those years, you're, apply that to your career you're you're building your resume you're cutting your teeth you're acquiring those talents you're getting yourself ready for that opportunity so then by the time that you're growing and people see you they're going to ask you where you came from um i just thought that was an impactful story he told me the other day and it kind of goes with the, the pound the rock theory uh and then just a couple a couple other things real quick the proximity principle so ken coleman does a podcast i highly rec recommend it uh, he was on coaching you few months ago, uh, probably July or August of last year. And uh, he talked about his book uh, and his theory, The Proximity Principle, and uh, just being around people that are doing what you want to do. Uh, so kind of applying that to our career is if you can get on a high major staff, whether the position is a volunteer video coordinator or director, whatever it might be, GA, I would encourage you to do that um, because, again, your, your easiest way to move up is on your current staff. And you want to be around people uh, doing things that you want to do in the places that it happens. And that increases your probability of becoming successful, of acquiring that success. Uh, and it doesn't guarantee you the success. That was the whole thing um, that I found unique. It just gives you the opportunity. It's the price of admission uh, to, be, to be around success. Uh, and so he, his whole thing was he, in his career, he took a leap of faith and, and joined a team where he took a lesser of a role, basically, I think writing for uh, a well-known business and culture uh, guru. And uh, his whole thing was, hey, I just wanted to see on the rocket ship. If I can get on the rocket ship, I can show what I'm worth, I can show my value. And through this process, I can, uh, I can continue to grow and develop and, and people will notice me. And sure enough, now he's, now he's the guru. Um, and so I, that's also another, uh, podcast and book I would recommend che checking out. And then the Harvard study, and this is something we've all heard, but it's the longest study, psychological slash socioeconomic study that, that's been going on in the United States. It's a 79-year-old study that is done at Harvard. And essentially, we've all heard it. It's been said different ways, but 95% of your professional success is based on who you're spending time with. And that's directly in impacted by your network and people that you're around. Um, if you study hiring trends, obviously people that know people or people that are networked to people, uh, they're the first choices for a lot of positions, um, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just the truth of everything. Um, and the other thing too, the last point I'll make uh, in my study of social sciences, the, the networking effect of everything, uh, there's a great book called Friend of a Friend. I'd highly recommend it. Um, and, uh, and there's some interesting perspective there. Uh, some scientists and sociologists kind of get together and, and they kind of develop, the, there's really, it's more of an art than it is a science. As you guys all know, uh, networking is an art. It's not really a science, uh, but they try to put some uh, quantifiable numbers to networking and, and value tangible stuff uh, to, to networking. And one of the things they found, which I thought was so unique is, 
because because it's the truth. I think human nature is that when we talk about networking, we think about meeting new people. Um, but networking is not necessarily meeting meeting new people. It's your ability in your own network to regrow or rekindle those relationships that are dormant or weak. And so they go into this philosophy of dormant and weak ties. Uh, what is a dormant tie? What is a weak tie? And a weak tie is essentially someone that you kind of know through a friend or kind of know you met, you know, maybe you were at the same table or, and the dormant tie is basically someone you knew, uh, but you don't have a great relationship with and maybe things kind of fell off. Uh, but the, the numbers show that there's actually more value in a dormant and weak tie versus a new tie because the relationship's already been built and there's that, you know, awkward, uh, a lot of times that awkward introduction and introductory phase, that, that honeymoon phase through uh, meeting a new person and networking. Um, and those are not really there because you've already been through that. Um, a lot of times you're connected to them on social media platforms and you're already in tune with what they're doing and how they are and you know, all the successes they have. And um, so it's a great book. I'd recommend uh, looking into it, um, you know, and, 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 Again, if I can ever give anyone value or provide any advice through this process, uh, my cell phone number is 804-787-4288. Again, that's 804-787-4288. My email was on the start. If any of you guys want these slides, I have no problem sharing. Um, I mean, again, I, I can't stress it enough. Those things that I just went over are things that I learned uh, through my career, through this process of development and growth for me. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, I wish all of you guys the best, Jamie, I'd like to open it up for some Q and a, and maybe, uh, just kind of chop it up. Yeah, sure. So I, I have a question here to start off with from, uh, Darius Stokes. He asked, what was the biggest challenge first year as a division one assistant coach? The biggest challenge as a first year division one assistant coach. Well, there's, there, <laughs> that's a good question. So, I don't know how much you guys know about Texas Southern. Um, essentially, Texas Southern is a HBCU. We're one of the largest HBCUs in the country. I think NC Central might be the largest. Uh, so that in itself, uh, there was some obviously challenges there, which were perceived by me, which was so funny. I'm a white guy, obviously, and and uh, you know I'm going into an HBCU uh, school, but I I mean it was it was awesome because there was so much pride in it. Um, but I kind of was walking around like, man, these, you know, these people think like I'm out of place or I'm like a unicorn or, um, you know, but it was crazy. Cause like after a year, it's like, people ask me like, do you like notice it? I'm like, no, like it's college basketball. It's so weird, you know? Um, but it was so cool. It opened up my eyes, uh, to so many different things, um, because of how they, they, their education here is, is taught different. I learned so much of, uh, our heritage, like our, human like mankind is just changed like they just totally change it in history books which is so wrong um you know like i read about or i, I learned about through uh one of our guys uh the tulsa race uh massacre and i'd never heard of that but it was such a powerful you know and, and obviously i'm a, a white guy i was born overseas in italy but i've lived everywhere my dad was military and it was uh it was this experience for me was it was almost eye-opening in that regard. There was obviously a, a little bit of a, uh, a uh, you know, kind of getting to getting to feel it out phase. But 
it was so powerful for me. And then the last point of that real quick. Uh, so that was the biggest thing. Uh, but the last point of that too, is that there's so much pride at HBCUs. I wish they got more attention because I walked around Reno. I walked around the West coast with a Nevada logo on my chest and it, it was what it was, but here there's so much pride. There's so much uh, love for the school. I get stopped all the time in Houston just to talk about basketball, just to talk about the school. Um, so that was probably the biggest thing. Uh, it was also too just uh, getting used to a new head coach. I think when you're around a head coach for three years, like I was, you you think like him, you talk like him, your terminology, your verbiage, and just just getting to know a new system um, and doing things the way that they like to do them. You know, Eric Musselman and Johnny Jones could not be any more different in their communication styles, uh, their day-to-day life. I mean, it's so different and there's no right or wrong way. I mean, shoot, Johnny's won over 300 games and coach Moss has obviously coached at every level. Uh, coach Jones has had the number one overall pick coach at the high major level, won more banners and championships that I'll probably ever win in my life. But you know, it's same with Moss. you know, it's like, there's, there's a hundred ways to do it. That's the beauty of our basketball community and our, our careers. It's there's so many ways to do it, but I had to learn a different way uh, working for, a new coach. And that was a, a challenge for me, not necessarily a challenge, but an adjustment for me that I had to learn um, that, you know, with coach, coach Musselman was, he was texting you 700 times a day and uh, coach Jones, not necessarily 700 times a day, but he does want to, you know, be in the loop with everything and know how recruiting is going, know how academics is going. And so it just was a little bit of change in, in that. And, and obviously the day-to-day stuff is just a little bit different. Thanks coach. Uh, Brandon, another one from Coach B. Uh, he asked, is it safe to say that being consistent with reaching out to Coach one of the keys to moving up in the business? I think you have to be very consistent. And also, again, I can't stress enough the, uh, the point I made about being real and providing value. Uh, like I had a Again, I talked to someone earlier today, but I and I told him about you know providing value and finding ways to provide value. But I had a kid reach out to me maybe a month ago about, uh, and the first thing he said is, "Do you guys have any GA spots?" And I just said, "Dude, I don't even know you. Like, I don't even know you, and I don't know anybody that you know." Um, so, you know, provide value and and try to build relationships, but you have to do it consistently. I, you know, look, I could sit here and give you a life hack or you know a tangible thing that I do. I try to reach out to five people every day. I try. I, like Buzz Williams, my brother works for Buzz. And so I, I, I've seen all his stuff. Like he's the ultra networker. I'm nowhere near him. Uh, but I do try to have a systematic way where like I have guys that, that I, I know and like, and shoot, I've reached out to Jamie for some coaches numbers or people's numbers. And just, just, you know, like I have a coaches study that I try to do every year where I want to get to know, like, shoot, I was just watching film the other day and the guy at Gardner Webb, I don't even know who he is. I never heard of him, but I was watching his offensive stuff. He runs a five out delay series, uh, uh, which I really like, like pistol action, chase action. And I, I, I'm going to reach out to him. I, I'm going to send him an email. I actually uh, have it on my notepad to do. So, uh, you know, and, and again, I would just say find a way that works for you. You, you could be the guy that lists off the five head coaches that you want to get to meet, 25 head coaches. Uh, you might have a networking sheet, a list, but you have to do it consistently. and. And again, too, it's not necessarily meeting new people. It's also the dormant ties. Like you've probably not reached out to that high school coach that you should have reached out to uh, 
four months ago. Um, I'm not saying that disrespectfully to you guys, but you know, it's, we're all, you know, I shoot, I forget, you know, like I have thousands of text messages that, uh, I might just say, okay. And I was supposed to follow up, but I didn't. And, uh, or I could have better. Um, and that's a relationship that I always try to go back through and, uh, and either rekindle or provide more value to, or, or just follow up with. Anybody else got anything? I got a couple more here too, but I want everybody to kind of get interactive with it. And uh, if the people have questions they want to ask personally too, go ahead in. And please like, don't hesitate to any question. There's no question. That's a dumb question. I tell that to recruits all the time. Like don't ever feel like uh, you're asking a, uh, a question that, um, that I'll think is dumb or people might think is dumb. If you don't ask the question that that's actually dumb. Um, from Darrell Robinson, he asked, what do you guys emphasize attitude wise off the court team rules, et cetera. So team rules are, are different from place to place, you know, depending on your situation, depending on your head coach, uh, your culture, your guys. Uh, so I, th I think he's asking specifically like what we want of our guys. Um, mm -hmm. we're no different than any other university, like on a Monday morning, none of us want to get a phone call. Uh, we always say that, you know, you're, you're representing Texas Southern, every, everything that you do, everywhere that you go, uh, especially in today's age. I mean, I was a little bit more fortunate that Facebook didn't get started till I was in high school. And, um, but nowadays, I mean, you know, a bad, bad day could end your career. And, uh, so we, we stress that to our guys all the time. Coach Jones does a really good job talking about things and talking about things that happen even day to day, you know, things that happen in society, he brings that to guys' attention. And it's our job as leaders and as coaches to constantly uh, and consistently educate our players on that because they just don't have the macro level understanding that we have um, of the world and uh, of the things that happen in the world. Um, you know, we, we require our guys, like most other programs, to sit in the front row of, of class and, and be there five minutes beforehand. Uh, the definition of on time uh, can be loosely uh, perceived at times. Um, so we, we are pretty adamant about that. Uh, it's just a level of respect. You know, Coach Jones tells our guys all the time, the person that's at the front of the classroom is teaching a class and they have a, a degree, a, a master's or a doctorate degree teaching that subject matter. So obviously it's something that's very important to them. And uh, by showing up late or not showing up at all, you're actually disrespecting them. Um, so it, you know, it's, that's one of our team rules. Cause the other thing too, with that is, you know, obviously if you're at the high school level, it's a little different, but academically that's a challenge. You know, you have to have APR. There's uh, you know, there's a hundred rolling APR. There's the year to year APR. There's, you know, eligibility concerns. And, and if you ever need a professor to, you know, help you, you know, uh, a kid ever needs help, you know, academic advisor has a relationship, whatever it might be, you, you, def, you definitely don't want to hear from the professor. Well, John Doe wasn't showing up to class. I haven't, I don't even know who he is. I've never seen him before. Um, so that's, you know, obviously one of our team rules, what I think, uh, and I'll kind of end the question on this. Um, what I think is a, is a good way to look at it. I read a book, uh, that coach K wrote and, uh, the, 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 
premise of this chapter was never rule yourself out of a win. Um, and so they set standards. And I think Coach Jones does a really good job of this as well. We set standards and expectations for our guys, not necessarily rules, because a rule can be broken. And then naturally you think that, okay, there has to be a repercussion. Uh, whereas a standard and expectation, um, you, you're not ruling yourself out of a, of a win or not, not necessarily a win, not that that's the only thing that matters, but it, it, that's how we are judged. We're in a win and loss world, but uh, you, you just also, if you don't meet the expectations or meet the standards, there are repercussions, but it's not necessarily as cut and dry as if it was a rule. Um, from Coach B, for the high schools on here, can you give us some advice on how to network to get a relationship with the college coaches? I, I get this a lot, and I was a high school coach. Obviously, you know, people and, – and I think it's actually a negative way to look at it or it's a, it's a bad way to look at it. But uh, the, when I first started, they said you got to be around players. Well, I'll tell you this much. They're, the colleges, they're recruiting the players. They're not recruiting you. So they might – you know, shoot, I learned firsthand – when you have players, all of a sudden you have a lot of new best friends. Um, <laughs> but, but that doesn't necessarily matter because I've seen really good uh, coaches come from high schools that couldn't win and didn't have players. And uh, that was based on a variety of things. They just, they were genuine. They were real. They provided value. They worked camps. Um, they volunteered. They, you know, they did whatever it took to, uh, to develop that relationship and, and be genuine about it. And, so just some tangible ways. Again, working camps, that's a huge thing. Uh, I know obviously with the new rules and working camps might not be the, uh, the, the, the route that you can go if they're recruiting some of your players. If they are recruiting some of your players and you have good players, that's actually a detriment, um, which is actually what I found at Paul the Six. Uh, taking kids on an unofficial visit, taking kids to games, you know, driving a kid or his family or whatever it might be and, and joining them for an unofficial visit or campus tour. Uh, shoot, just showing up for practice. I used to, when I was at Paul the Six, I probably went to, I would probably say 50 George Mason practices because it's about two miles away. And I probably went to 10 to 15 UVA practices. And that's not including any other school that I went to. Um, that's a great way to learn. It's a great way to develop. It's a great way to, to, to interact with coaches. There's no secret. Every single, most, I, I take that back. Uh, most coaches have their email address on their athletic directory website. There's nothing stopping you. I take that back too, because there could be some financial or some other things, but there, most of the time, there's nothing that can stop you from, if you have a day off or if it's a Saturday or Sunday, and you're not working, you're not working six, seven jobs, whatever it might be, you're, you have that time, you know, you don't have that time commitment. There's nothing stopping you from emailing a coach and just saying, Hey coach, uh, just wanted to plan out my week. Do you have practice on Saturday or Sunday? Would love to come up and watch you guys and learn. There's nothing stopping you. And coaches love it. Coaches love, most head coaches love having guys in the gym. Um, and then a lot of times too, they come up to you. Hey, if you ever need anything, please let me know. Uh, hey, you're, hey, you're from the Tidewater area. Do you know about this kid? We're recruiting him. Uh, you know, a lot of times too, if I'm ever out, like when, especially when I was at Paul the Six, like if I knew Jamie, knew somebody, I'd be texting with Jamie and I, or whoever it might be. And I, you know, be at a school and be like, yeah, uh, 
so-and-so says hello, you know, so I'm just connecting the dots, you know, and trying to show that, that, that I have mutual friends and, um, you know, to the other thing is, as well is I would recommend anytime, obviously there's, there's certain periods that are dead and, and, you know, you can't just go to a, a college campus, but anytime you go anywhere, whether it's a vacation, it's a high school event, uh, AAU event, reach out to coaches, not just division one coaches. You'll find a lot of division one assistants have now become division two, II, division three coaches, JUCO coaches, reach out to coaches in the area and just say, coach, just wanted to say hello. I'm in town. You know, I'm on vacation for the week uh, with my family. Just wanted to see if you can grab coffee. Boom. You know, Hey, I just want to pick your brain again, just provide value. Just, just, you know, don't ask for anything. Hey coach, how'd you get to where you got to? You're now you're developing a genuine relationship um, or Hey coach, I know you might be busy. Uh, you know, I came up for the weekend to visit this place, whatever, yada, yada, yada. Wanted to see if you had practice. Wanted to see if I can stop by the offices and just say hello. That's it. And then you open that door for that relationship. And um, I, I think we put a, we, as when I was a high school coach too, cause I get that question a lot. We put this like negative, like, connotation or, or we think it's always about players and it's not it's about people it's about humans if you're a good person you do things the right way you develop relationships the right way it things will flourish you know and again you're not looking for anything from that person it's about the the relationship that potentially could help you down the road 10 years down the road five years down the road whatever it might be um from coach Cabral Huff have you read the book Edge and outside of the Absolute Basketball podcast, are there any good podcasts you can recommend? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, let me see if I can pull this up. What was the book I, I, you blurred out? Slight Edge. I have not heard that. Uh, I, will, uh, I will add that to my uh, book list. Let me uh, get back in this just so I don't have to, like, list them out. Let me see if I can uh, – I listen to a lot of podcasts, so don't. Um, can you guys see my screen? Yes. Yes, sir. So I listen to quite a bit. Um, I think there's a way. Okay. These are all great ones. Uh, my buddy Mike Lopez runs uh, Creative Coaching. Obviously, you know, John Rothstein's College Hoops. Jordan Harbinger is great. He does, uh, that's actually where I got started with the social networking. Uh, in the networking science uh, study I was doing, coaching you, coaches and coffee is by a buddy of mine, Andrew Cobian. Um, 720 and 720. Jeff Lebo, this is unbelievable. If you you know just kind of want to get organized in your thoughts, and he goes into everything from how to become a head coach to off-season development to how do you want to play defense. He literally lays it all out. It's the I would recommend, highly recommend this. It's like a coaching bible. Uh, I just. Uh, subscribe to this one. Uh, it's basically like a psychological human development podcast. John Gordon's always great. Big fan of his and his books. Uh, if you haven't read The Energy Bus, I'd highly recommend that. Yeah, he also wrote The, the Carpenter. Uh, you win in the locker room first. J.J. Redick uh, was my favorite player growing up, being from Virginia, and, and he has a philosophy always becoming. So he's constantly growing and developed in his career. I'd recommend listening to that. He's a, uh, a big time learner. Uh, the conversations he has on there are very real, uh, life hacks. Uh, so anyways, I, I won't go through all of them, but you can see just some of the, uh, different things. Um, my 403B was getting hammered. So I started learning about investing. 
Uh, I can't see you guys, but hopefully you guys, yeah. none of you guys laughed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you can see the finance stuff. Um, I just try to learn, you know, like I go on a run. I, I don't listen to, I, 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 I probably sound boring. Uh, my fiance hates it. I don't watch TV. I watch very, very little TV. Uh, she watches all her, you know, her, her ratchet TV drama shows. I don't, I don't really I'll sit there and, you know, I hate saying that. And she's actually, she just got back from a, uh, in-service appointment. She sells medical sales, but, um, you know, I, I just, I kind of listen to podcasts, read and watch film. Uh, when I go on a run, when I work out, I listen to a podcast, I read. Um, so, you know, hopefully, I don't know if that provides any value for you guys, but rather than just listing them off, that's a, for me, that's an easy way to, to kind of show you what, what I'm in tune with. Um, hopefully that helps. Hey coach, this is coach Khalil. Uh, thank you for the call earlier too. Um, I have two questions. One, what motivates you on a daily basis? And then my second question would be, how do you keep your players motivated throughout the long season? That's a great question. So great question. for me, myself, uh, just a little bit of background on me. When I was, uh, I was uh, growing up, so, and I don't know how many people, I don't even know if Jamie knows this. I think he does. Uh, so my dad had ALS and uh, it was a tough deal for me. So I have three brothers and a sister. My older brother uh, went off to college and, and I became basically with my mother, the primary caretaker for my dad. And uh, backstory on my dad, he served 27 uh, years in the military, uh, was a full bird colonel, was on the general's list. I mean, I mean, honestly, he was a brigade commander in South Carolina, uh, he, which means he ran Fort Jackson, was where he was stationed. He actually ran the base. Uh, and uh, uh, he was built for success, Army Ranger, uh, Airborne, you name it. He was an all-American kind of guy, just served his country, sacrificed everything, very selfless. Very selfless. Um, saw him get up every single day at five o'clock in the morning for PT every Sunday we'd go to church and he was so regimented and, and so for me I I always had that niche to, to serve in the military but I fell into coaching uh, he got sick I didn't end up taking care of him and uh, also why I coach so I don't know. I just, for me, it's like, it's, it's been a growth process over the, you know, last 10 years, you know, him getting sick, passing away. And uh, for me, just trying to be like him and make him proud. You know, it's, I think we all do it for a certain reason, but that's, that's why I coach. That's what motivates me every day. I just, you know, he, I look at, you know, everyone has mentors and, you know, figures in their life that are important. I look at the most important person that's ever been in my life and, he was the most selfless individual, you know, he gave everything he could to his career. And so for me, it's, it's easy. I just try to be like him. I just try to get up and mimic what he could do, uh, what he would do with the day. Um, and, uh, you know, one of my favorite quotes is leading from the front. So I try to do everything by leading from the front at a high level and, and, and elite level. Um, how do I motivate my players? How do we motivate our players? The one thing I would say is, uh, an easy way for you guys, and I, I use this trick all the time. Like I just posted the video I put together of MJ and, and Kobe. Uh, I keep motivation. Again, I'm an avid reader. Uh, if I see something on Twitter, like I know Jamie's been doing these things. I've, I've gone through and watched a few. And uh, if I see something I like, I clip it and I'll send it to our guys. Uh, if I see an NBA play, 
clip it, send it to our guys. Um, whenever I, you know, if, if I read something, you know, I was just texting earlier today, I sent that last dance uh, video of MJ talking about his mentality uh, and how he, there was a certain standard to him playing. And I sent that out to a couple guys. Uh, so the, what I was going to say is an easy way to do it is every player wants to play in the NBA, wants to be in the WNBA, wants to be a pro. Use pros to their advantage. You know, a pro is a pro for a reason. You know, uh, pros stay ready so they don't have to get ready. Pros are pros on and off the floor. And uh, that's the easiest way for me that I've seen. You know, if, hey, look, I've coached. I have nine guys playing professionally. I have two guys in the NBA. Um, they were everyday guys. They weren't some of the day guys. They weren't every other day guys. They were everyday. Uh, they brought it every single day. Their intensity, uh, their effort, energy, enthusiasm, they were every day. Uh, so anytime I can try to find a clip or a coach talking about it or, you know, guys that are legendary like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, I send it to them. And I hope that by doing that, you know, I've seen the residual impact and effects that it had on, had, that it's had on our players. Um, you know, some other things I'll do is I'll see an article instead of sending it to them, I'll write a handwritten note and I'll leave it in their locker. Uh, obviously we can't do that right now, but that's another, you know, unique way. Um, I know some coaches do book reading programs. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's a variety of ways that the thing that I saw the most impactful is most guys want to be pros and easiest way to be a pro is to act like a pro and do the things that pros do. Thank you, coach. I appreciate it. Anybody else got anything? Good deal. Well, Brandon, that was that was awesome. I, I thought you dropped so many good that thing. It was it was insightful and helpful. I have the feeling it's gonna be something too that you're gonna go back a couple times and, and pick up something different every time you watch it as well. So um, great stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on and sharing us. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. And again, if you guys ever need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Jamie, I can't thank you enough. I think the world of you, obviously, um, you know, everything that, that, that obviously you've done for me and everyone in this group chat, I can't, can't tell you guys enough. And you guys got to get on with guys like Jamie and, and try to help out with his camps, do whatever you can to get connected. Because I'd be surprised there's not a school on the East Coast from JUCO, Division One, Two, II, or Three. Jamie probably doesn't have the head coach's number or, or assistance numbers. And Shit, he's probably got 35 text messages of coaches asking about players right now, especially in this time. So uh, do everything you can to get connected with him and, and stay connected and uh, stay healthy, stay safe during this time period. And whenever it, it lifts, uh, if I can give you guys any motivation, uh, get better. Let's get better from this thing and stay safe, stay healthy, try to pick up traits and, and, and grow from it as a, as a, as a group. As a group. Absolutely. Brandon. Thank you so much for the kind words too, as well. I, I remember the days of, you know, years ago up in Virginia, events and sleeping on floors and going hotel to hotel and all that stuff has been, you know. I, been hey, I'll tell you a real quick story about Jamie Shaw. So I saw, I saw one of the best AAU teams I'd ever seen. Uh, there was uh, Dennis Smith and Bam Adebayo on a team. And I remember because there were some other good players at the tournament. And I was with a couple buddies of mine and Jamie. And, and Jamie was talking about Bam Adebayo and how good he was. And how, he, like, at the time, I think he had East Carolina was his only offer. And uh, sure enough, like, two months later, uh, I mean, I think Duke, UNC, Kentucky all offered. So, um, yeah, it's so funny. I mean, we're, like, literally sitting on a hotel floor. But, yeah, it's funny stuff, man. The world changes, man. We grow and develop. And, 
it's a different deal nowadays. No question, man. No question. The NBA All Stars are always easy to uh, to spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't tell people about the ones you got wrong. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But no, that was uh, that was good stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on. I uh, can't wait, guys. Uh, I know there was a couple questions. I had uh, quite a few people come in and out throughout the entire thing, but we'll um, we'll repost this on you this weekend. Uh, probably be Sunday. Um, we do these every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. At uh, tomorrow got uh, canceled and will be postponed until next Thursday. So we'll be off to back next Tuesday. We'll have Frank Young from App State. Uh, Wednesday's to be determined. Thursday's going to be with Kentucky. So um, y'all go ahead and keep checking in. Uh, make sure that you check this out next uh, – this Sunday. It'll be up. Uh, and Brandon also left his contact information too. He's going to be a reliable source for many of you guys. Uh, going forward, as you can see, just a wealth of knowledge and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, feel free to check it out. Uh, tell all your buddies about it. Get them all in here. Let's keep on rocking with this thing. It's been awesome uh, so far. But uh, thank you, and we will see you guys next time.